0: reasonably? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah. These little uh, ear uh, microphone things were not designed for my ears. So <laughs> they're very, the That's that Yeah, so my name is Nathan. Thanks, Nathan, for introducing us. Um, good to see some familiar faces. Good to see some unfamiliar faces as well. And uh, it's great to see uh, the church growing in that way as well. We've been seeing, gosh, um, over two and a half years since we were last in the city of Galway and since we were last in GTBC. So it feels like a really long time. And since then, our family has grown. Uh, you see, you would have met Cillian if you were there in June 2019, and Luke has arrived since then as well. And in addition to Luke, there is also another one on the way as well. So it's ever-growing. Uh, uh, ever, ever growing. We also have uh, Kathleen with us. Kathleen is the council administrator for BCM Ireland and she's going to be sharing a little bit about camps and um, you know, what we've been doing over the last little while. Uh, so if you uh, sign in for camps, or book, book register for camps, you'll be challenged to with that. Yeah, like that, uh, just, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, BCM Ireland and the ministry that's happening there. If you are unfamiliar with BCM, it has the vision of reaching children and strengthening the church. And here in Ireland, uh, we do that through our camps. We reach children through our camps, and do also uh, teacher training and some clubs as well. And then we strengthen the church by, well, we, we open up Catholic manner Manor, our camp center for churches like GCBC to come and host retreats there, and host conferences there, and things like that as well. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce uh I'll let Kathleen come on up here and talk a little bit about
1: Hey everybody. Um, second. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so nice to see all of you and to say hi. Mm-hmm. So I'm Kathleen, and I'm the new um, administrator, as Nathan said at BCM. I only started in September. So here I am to give a little bit of an update on camp last year. Um, So I wasn't actually there, but I will do my best um, because it's a really long and beautiful ministry. So while I'm new, um, I did reach out to some of the leaders and directors just to ask them what their favorite things were from camp last year. Um, So hopefully I'll be able to share some of those with you guys. so yeah, summer camps in 2021 were a little bit different, mostly outside as you can see um, in this picture. So we usually run week long camps, but these camps were like a few days online and then usually one or two days on site as well. So I know for example for, youth, for example, for youth camps, they set up tents and for their one night on site, they were sleeping in the tents. I know they stayed up pretty late and got up with the crack of dawn. Um, so not with sleep probably, but I know that they had a lot of fun with that Um, and I asked the youth camp director what his favorite thing about camps was and he just said. that it's so great to see campers come back, like, year after year and just work through their faith questions and form friendships and even come back then as leaders, um, because we do have a lot of past campers come back as leaders. Um, So, just really great to see that kind of building in the campers as they come back year after year. Um, and then one of our junior camp leaders mentioned a little girl who came up during the final barbecue for junior camp. So they had the parents around um, and the campers on the last day of camp. And one of the little girls came up and gave her a little hairpiece as a gift and a thank you card and just said that even though it was online and in person, um, it just had still meant a lot to her. So that was the eight to 11 group. So that was really sweet um, that she did that. So those are our camps from last year. And uh, I was here from this point forward. Um, So we hosted an event called Midterm at the Manor in October. So um, we just really want to be part of our community um, at BCM because we happen to be placed in Castle Bailey in Athlone, And so we just really want to welcome people in and serve the community well. So this year was the first year that we were able to really have a good amount of people from the community come through our doors as such and we had live music and we had local food vendors and local artists even set up stalls and stands um, for groups like Baroga and Castle Bailey Tidy towns. So it was just really lovely to have everybody around. Um, and I was able to like take pictures of little artists, local artists stalls and post them on Instagram. And so it was just great to create that connection. Um, and we showed people around the house and some of them had been to weddings there before. So they were just really excited to see it again. Um, so we hope to be able to have that kind of an event next year as well. So just really excited about that new ministry because it's kind of the first time that we've been able to connect with a community like that. Um, looking forward to 2022, these are our new camp dates. Um, so we actually have left a poster that has these camp dates um, down at the back. And the poster that we've left also has a QR code that you can scan with the camera on your phone to take you to the sign-up page for camp. Um, but, so you don't have to memorize or scribble all these dates down at the moment, uh, but we do have four or five different camps up there. So I'll go into each of them in a little bit more detail. Uh, we also, sorry, just on that, we have an early bird sign up. I think it's before the 29th of April. Is it? Okay. Um, I should know that. Um, and there's also for the summer camps. a so this camp, if you have more than one kid going to um, camp, so that's just two things to keep in mind. And but we focus is coming up very soon. So we focus this for our fifth and sixth years. Um, I don't know if there's any of those in the audience, but um, we just realized a few years ago how much pressure fifth and sixth years are under. Um, so we wanted to help and to support um, leaving cert students. So we wanted to create a space just to support you guys academically, both for like academic tutorials and space to study, but also just space to connect back with God and to connected with his peace and his good plan for your life, because goodness knows I needed that when I was in Leaving Cert, um, just to remember his plan for your life right now, but also after Leaving Cert, so we have speakers come in um, and give talks from the Bible about life after Leaving Cert, and just the leaders that are involved in these focus are really passionate about um, students in this age group, and they just want to come around and support and encourage, um, so it's a really special campus but it's on the 24th to 26th so we'd love to have any fifth or sixth year here there um, and you can sign up for that either um, at bcmireland.ie forward slash camps or on our instagram page which is at bcmireland um yeah summer camps so these are obviously really special to us um, like a huge ministry that we do and um, this year we're going to be running youth camp senior camp and junior camp so for 15 to 17 12 to fourteen and 8 to 11s. Um, so it's great to have people from all over Ireland come and engage in outdoor activities. So we have bonfires. I think we have a good-sized bonfire pit, but I think there's also times to build a even bigger one. So that's exciting. Um, we have disc golf, which I've never played, but this year I will. And uh, human foosball and those kinds of activities. But also, obviously, it's just a space to get away for a whole week and spend time with people your age and connect with God and just be learning from the Bible and having like deep conversations. Mm-hmm. So I know that that's one thing that campers often come back with is just that they love the space to have deep conversations and be able to ask questions. So we have like dorm time um, each night and to would be with a smaller group of students or of other campers and a few dorm leaders and just get the chance to chat through big questions might have um, or that the campers might have um and yeah just a safe space really to have those conversations um and also just friends i know from when i was growing up and i went to camp um when i was little you just meet people that you know you know for the rest of your life and we also as i said we have a lot of past campers returning as leaders but also that have continued friendship kind of from camp so it's really special time to do that and again you can sign up for those using the QR code on the poster, or at gcmireland.ie for the camp. Uh, yeah, I think that's, or you can email me, the email addresses are on the card. <laughs> um, and lastly, family camp um, is a little bit different. Um, we're, we invite the whole family to this camp. So moms, dads, kids, aunts, uncles, any random member of the family can come. Um, and it's just a space because we know that it is hard to get that space as a family to connect and um, grow in space together and just grow closer to one another as well. So this is a whole week away. And um, again, just spending time, activities outside, learning from the Bible. Um, and it's, it's a camp that we're really passionate about. And the team that runs this are really passionate about getting families together. So here are some of our lovely pictures of our families, big and, big and small kids that come. Um, and one of the quotes that we have from a parent from family camp is, um, what a wonderful blessing you all have been. We are praying that God blesses the ministry and provides for you because we believe it's an important opportunity for so many who come to stay at Castle Daily. So I feel like i screwed through that really fast, but... There we go. Thank you so much for having me, and it's great to see you. And I'll with you to Nathan now, for the rest.
0: Thank you, Kathleen. Yeah, so I'm going to be talking a little bit about how you can get involved in this in this ministry is important and we're going to be talking a little bit about it later about the importance of of actually making that step and and being involved and and active in that and that is something that that God calls us to Uh, So as Kathleen mentioned there should be a little sheet there with a little bit of information about how you can be involved if you would would like that Um, One of the the main ways that you can be involved is by praying There's a saying that goes, if an army marches on its stomach A church advances on its knees, and that is so true. We're not going to make any progress whatsoever unless the Lord is in the work. And one of the ways that we can have the Lord in the work is by asking him to be involved in the work. And he says that if you ask, you will receive. And so that is what we want to do. And there's a dedicated prayer ministry that we have with BCM. It's called Pray to Make a Difference, and it's a sign up And you sign up to it, and weekly prayer requests are sent out. And all we're asking for, the commitment in that, is can you spend five minutes every week praying for these specific ministries, and there will be different updates that are sent out. And that's all that we're looking for. We're not requiring an hour or anything like that. But if this is your ministry, or even if it's not your ministry, prayer is the ministry at all in the church. Um, but if you think this is the way that I can be involved, uh, there should be a little uh, email that you can email. You don't need to be signed up uh, to this uh, weekly update to pray for You can pray for us spontaneously as well if you wish. so let me hold you back on that. Um, another way that you can be involved is by becoming a camp leader. And there are many ways that you can serve a camp. Uh, leading a camp is giving the very the the endorsement of uh, Lauren um, so And also my arm. My arm features in the <laughs> corner there as well. Uh, But there are many ways that you can serve a camp. You can be a dorm leader or a dorm helper. You can help in the kitchen if that is a gift as well. You can help with games and activities. You can be a general helper. Um, You can do lots of things. And the good thing as well is that it's not just limited to being a a young person. Some people think, oh, I'm I'm too old to help a camp or something like that. I'm not relevant anymore. That could be, that's not true. If you're anywhere between 16 and 86, 96 you can uh you can help account. Depending on your role. <laughs> if you're a ninety-six you might not be reading games. But, you know, you know, I go on the series right here. Um, you also one of the things as well is that we try to encourage people to get involved uh, no matter their stage of, uh, in their walk with the Lord as well. You don't need to be a super mature Christian to help out account. All you need is to have a desire to follow Jesus. And we will try and fit you in within the camp ministry in whatever is appropriate to your spiritual level. But it's also um, a great opportunity to come and to actually grow in your faith as well. Some of the most (laughs) growth that I have had as being as a camp leader myself as well. And the wonderful thing about leading a camp is that you will uh, impact the lives of young people, children and young people as well. My mom came over from the USA. She was a missionary with BCN. She came over in 1979. But so before she was a missionary with BCN, she actually came over to help with in BCN camps in 1974, which really doesn't feel like a, a millennium ago. Um, but she came over uh, to help as a college student and, and help the camp. Um, Apologies to anybody who's was born in
1: I didn't realize
0: that I'm really the people there, please forgive me. Lots <laughs> um, of people that stayed and looked the
1: there.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> but she came over, she came over as, as a college student in 1974, and um, needless to say, she's lived in Ireland a lot since then, and 42 years later, in 2016, uh, she was serving at our open day, and she was serving out ice cream to, to people who came off and sit and and were looking for it. And uh, a lady called Olive Vanderbeek approached the ice cream counter. My mum didn't recognise her, uh, but she asked, you know, oh, you know, um, what can I give you? Uh, to which Olive replied, I would like a big hug, please. And it turns out that Olive Van Der Klier, uh had been one of my mother's campers when she arrived over here in ireland in 1974. and it was just so encouraging for her to see that this lady was still following the lord still going strong and still remembered and really appreciated the ministries that her mother had a millennium ago (laughs) (laughs) Um, also i was just really at the random aside if you recognize that surname uh, She's actually also the mother of Josh VanderClear who's the international or uh, the Irish uh, rugby player who scored a try in our lamentable defeat to France uh, last night. Um, so I'm not actually promising that if you come and help the camp that you are going to be the mentor for a future sports star, parent or whatever. Um, but that's probably, probably just a Um But what I can promise is that you will. Have an opportunity to impact the lives of a young person. I know that uh, Jenna as well, Jenna was saved at, at a camp, not a BPM camp, but she was saved as a camper, not twice in the 70s, but a little bit after that. Um, and even we've talked about it before saying that those leaders that were her leader at that stage, they, they completely lost touch. So they have no idea where Jenna is now. what an encouragement it would be for them to know that Janet is here and serving the Lord and in that place, and they don't know the impact that they have on her young life all that time ago. So that is one of the opportunities that you have in in serving the time. Another opportunity that we have is an internship at Castle Manor, and this is mainly aimed at young people, um, probably those after the 1970s, um, but yeah, so it's aimed at those pretty much even secondary school but really open to any young person really. And this can be either a gap year or it can be a summer service or something like that. And the great thing about this is that it is, it is an opportunity to be involved in such a broad range of, uh, of, of experiences. And for me it would have been amazing if I had had this opportunity coming out of school because I haven't experienced what I wanted to do coming out of school. I had no idea I'd end up doing what I do, um, but it would be perfect because it, it developed those broad range of skills and uh, you'd be involved in ministry work, helping out with the counts that we do, helping out with any clubs that are local to the area, uh, helping with kids programs that we run for churches that uh, attend Chapel Daily Manor, helping with hosting groups, helping with whatever events are there as well. Another thing that we do is in different um, it's a practical work, so if you're practically minded in any way, you can be involved in groundskeeping, in maintenance, in, in any kind of woodworking that we're doing, uh, developing those skills, and maybe even experiencing, oh, maybe this is something that I want to pursue in the future. Um, one of the interns that we had previously always sent me a picture whenever she says, oh look, I've been doing some plumbing work, I've been wowing my colleagues where I work because I, I know things about plumbing. And um, look, at have been bleeding here, um, which is really cool. I mean, it's great to see that we can help people with life skills that way. And another, another girl um, uh, sent me a picture of, you know, she has been involved in graphic design. And that was started from her experience with Castle where when we were designing a flyer as well. So it's incredible for gaining those life skills and getting involved in things that, oh, i managed to pursue a career in this as well. We also try and develop any skills or interests that people already have. Uh, one of the interns before came she was really into art and we found a way that we could use that art to serve the ministry and serve the Lord. And she said, wow, oh, I, I never really thought about art as a means of ministry. that was cool. Well, that's cool, it's great to be involved in practical skills, ministry as well, but always would have been the highlight for anybody who's interned at Catholic University, they say. The best part the favorite experience hands down, has always been the bible studies that we do as well and we have a real focus on discipling on uh, the personal growth of the person who comes and we spend some time with that and weekly bible studies and really getting into god's word and really studying it in depth as well not just in passion but really in depth bible studies as well and i've been really blown away by some of the questions that i've received in um, reading those files of disease, I'm like, wow, okay, this is really, really deep thinking. So it's really cool to have young people uh, thinking that deeply about those things. There are also opportunities to serve on a, a longer term basis. We have a number of vacant positions and we would obviously love to be growing the ministry of BCN so that we can be serving God and building up this kingdom here in Ireland. But to do that, we need people. We need people to be the answer the call of God to minister in this way. So if you or if you know of anybody who is interested in in, and feeling burdened to go into ministry in some way, uh, please do get in touch. Those are a few of the ways that uh, you can be involved in in the ministry of ECM. As Jason was saying, I'm going to spend some time opening God's word, so if you have your Bibles hopefully you're already turned uh, to Luke chapter 9. But before we, before we dive into this passage, I just want to open prayer. Lord, it is a privilege to be able to open your word, to come to you, to learn from your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to us, that you have given us your word. And now, Lord, I do pray that I would speak your word, that you would remove anything that is not from you, that I would um, speak what your your spirit tells me. Lord, I pray that our ears would be open, that our minds and hearts would be open to hear what you have to say to us. Lord, encourage us, challenge us, comfort us, and spur us on as your disciples, as your children, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we all have expectations in our lives. No matter what stage of life you're in, there are expectations that are associated with it. And I just was thinking briefly in preparation for this sermon, I was thinking, what are the expectations that are on various groups? Well. For a baby, the expectations aren't high, are they? You know, uh, it's basically cry, feed, through, sleep, repeat. That's essentially the long and short of what what a baby does. If you're a student, there are slightly higher expectations uh, than a baby. Hopefully less crying. Probably more sleeping. But the expectation for a student is is to attend, to study, to learn something in their study. Uh, so those are some of the expectations that you have for a student. What about a spouse? A spouse, are, again, there, there are high expectations for a spouse. But both, it does depend as well. It depends on uh, if you're a married man or a married woman. I think uh, probably for a married man, the, the main expectation is to is Right? Yeah. Uh, to listen to, to what your your wife is saying to you. And that then the main expectation of a married woman is then to show grace when your husband isn't listening, okay? Um, so those are, are just, obviously, uh, this is phone and cheek there are a lot more expectations associated with that. A parent, what are the expectations of, of a parent, anybody, what are the expectations of a parent? No expectations, also. <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> Keep them alive. Keep them alive, yes. Yeah. That is it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the it's love and training your children, isn't it? Yeah, I could be kind of summed up in that. And if you're in a parent of a small child or something, you know, it's basically survive. You know, that's, that's, that's what we found anyway. Listening to a sermon, what are the expectations? Madagascar, okay. <laughs> It's obviously to listen uh to what is being said and to apply it then as well. I would also have accepted uh, staying awake. Um, yeah, I hope that those expectations will be will be met. But discipleship. What is the expectation that we have for discipleship? What is a disciple? Well so the Greek the Greek word used for a disciple in the New Testament literally means a learner, someone who follows one's teaching. So what should it mean for us to follow the teachings of Jesus? What should we expect when we are disciples and when we, when we make disciples as well? Because that's an important thing to note. We're not just called to make converts. We're called to make disciples. When one of our campers becomes a Christian account, camp, we don't just send them home. There's a lot more to that as well. You know, we don't just say our oh, job done. They're a convert now. We're, them home. we're part of God's process as disciples making, not just making. We're going to look at this passage in Luke chapter 9. I'm going to read this here again. And in this passage Jesus corrects three wrong views of discipleship. Three wrong expectations of what it means to follow Jesus. Let's read from Luke chapter 9, verse 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests." but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and look back, is fifth or third in the kingdom of God. Before we get stuck into the passage, I want to just say to you that like, this topic of this, uh, discipleship is such a broad topic, I'm not going to be covering everything that there is to say about discipleship, I'm just going to be highlighting those few things that Jesus highlights in this passage. And the first thing that Jesus highlights is that discipleship is hard. Verses 57 and 58 said, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said, Foxes are poles and birds of the air are next, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I'm not sure what this man thought when he made that bold statement to Jesus. On the face of it, it actually seems like a perfect scenario. Imagine if somebody came up to you and said, I want to follow Jesus. Imagine if evangelism was that easy, that somebody would just come up and say that to you. But why did Jesus respond to him in such a harsh manner? Why did he say these things? I would have been saying, great, let's get you signed up. This is amazing. But this is where Jesus is different. Because Jesus knows these ulterior motives that this man has. He knows why he is asking what he is asking. And Jesus is saying to the man, You know what, you have this expectation of what following me will look like. You're seeing the fame, the popularity that Jesus had at that time, the radical lifestyle, the miracles. You have been drawn in by this perceived glamour. You haven't really counted the cost. Because one thing is certain, the Christian life is, is not a walk in the park. In fact, if you're finding it really easy every way, at every time, then that might suggest that you're doing something wrong. Jesus says in Luke chapter 14 verse 27 that anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And this man was not ready to do that. Jesus knew his heart. As Christians, we face mocking, slander, temptation, alienation, and abuse, to name just a few of the things that we can face. And there's a problem when we're trying to convince someone to follow Jesus, and we only emphasize the sunny side of the Christian walk. This results in young or immature Christians feeling disillusioned when they do face trials and they do face temptation because they hadn't been prepared for the hardships that being a Christian sometimes brings. True discipleship will cost us everything, even our own lives. The flip side is that we shouldn't only emphasize the hardships of the Christian walk either. The balance is to outline the reality of the Christian life. Yes, it is extremely hard, but we have a Savior who is on the force and has defeated those hardships. Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the dead is what changes our perspective on the hardships that we face. The cross is what changes discipleship. From being a tiresome chore to a wonderful adventure. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus understands our weaknesses and our failings because he has been a person just like us and he has endured the very temptations that we have faced. Jesus says in John 16, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Whatever we face in this world, we know that we have victory in and through Christ. And finally then, those famous verses in Romans 8, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have a God who can sympathize with our weakness, has overcome our adversaries, and will never be separated from us, his children. Yes, discipleship is hard, but look who we have with us on the journey. In this passage in Luke 9, Jesus speaks to another man and says, follow me. To which the man replies, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus says back to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Discipleship starts now. Discipleship starts now. And just for clarification, Jesus isn't being a massive jerk to some recently bereaved man. It's widely thought that the man's father has not yet died, but that he is waiting for his father to die before he makes the commitment to follow Jesus. And this makes sense if you know uh, the Jewish custom at that time that you know there wasn't a long gap between a person's death and their burial they tried to get that done uh, no later than a day after they died so it would seem impossible that the man left mid funeral to come and listen to an itinerant travelling creature he would have been at home making whatever funeral arrangements there would have been and taking part in whatever mourning process there was at that time but on the contrary this man is, is hanging around the sidelines He's interested in what Jesus has to say. He's probably recognizing the truth of some of Jesus' words. Maybe he even, he even wants to be a disciple. But just not right like now. Not right like now. I think sometimes maybe we can be a little bit this way. Yes, I know that Jesus is Lord. Yes, I know that he calls me to a life of discipleship. But I'm just not there yet. I want to live my life first. And when I've done all the things that I want to do, then Jesus can take over. That's not really discipleship, is it? The call that Jesus puts on our lives is for immediate action. That is how important it is. It must be at once. There are a lot of radiators in Cassidated Manor. Some of them are quite old, and occasionally one of them will leak. And when this happens, when there's a leak, in one of these radiators. I don't typically say, right, oh, I'm a little bit busy at the minute, I might wait until next week before I get to that leak. No, absolutely not. You have to literally drop everything and attend to that leak until it is stopped. Why? Because the consequences of not it are far too great. And the same is true for following Jesus. The consequences of not following Him are far too great. That is why Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And this is a huge challenge for those who are not yet Christians. This call to immediate action is, is a huge challenge because as Jesus said in Luke 12, verse 20, you fool, This very nice, your life will be demanded of you. In other words, we don't know the extent of your life. We don't know when it's going to end. You need to make that decision now. And then for those of us who are Christians, we can sometimes become complacent, can't we? I'll sort my spiritual life out later. I'll wait until camps before I get my life back on track. I'll finish my exams before I start reading my Bible again. I was actually in that place in, in final year in college where I just had a, a, a huge number of exams just before Christmas. and They were so tightly packed I just literally had to spend every waking minute studying. And I kind of... I remember a moment saying, I'm gonna have to just put my relationship with the Lord on hold until these exams are over and I'll pick them up again then. I'll pick up that relationship after I finish my exams. And I could just feel over the course of those two weeks just my relationship with the Lord just taking a known side. Discipleship starts now. Finally, in our Luke passage, another person says to Jesus, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say, goodbye to my family. To which Jesus responds, no one who puts his hand to the bow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Discipleship comes first. In other words, if the kingdom of God is your number one priority, you're going to be focused on it. I've never plowed a field before, Jesus uses that analogy, but I have cut lawns before. And I think there are some of the principles that apply in lawn mowing uh, in flowering. We have a huge big uh, ride-on lawn mower at Capadale Manor. We got uh, one of our, our models to model this year. Uh, this is taken back in 2017 when Emeka was in training, And uh, with a bit of experience, you can cut all of the lawns at Capadale in maybe a little over three hours. But whenever I teach someone to cut the field, I tell them that if they want to go in straight line, The way to do that is, you you, you set yourself up at the start and then you look, you fix your eyes on a point at the end of the garden and you just start moving forward. And you don't avert your eyes at all, you always just keep your eyes fixed on that one point and your hands are going to automatically steer you in a straight line. You cannot avert your eyes, you cannot look down, you cannot look at the grass around you. You need to be fixed straight ahead and that way you will keep a straight line. It's a remarkable thing about the way your body works, actually, that if your eyes are fixed on a certain point, the rest of your body will make sure that you get there. It's actually a little bit counterintuitive. You think, oh, if I want to be moving forward, going straight line, I need to be focusing on the thing immediately around me, but it's actually the reverse of that. As soon as you look down or to the side, you're going to go off course. And I think it's the same when you're you're plowing a field. If you want to plow a straight furrow, You must be focusing on your end destination. And that's the point that that Jesus is, is getting at. The kingdom of God, our discipleship walk with Jesus must come first. It's not our family, though that is, of course, hugely important. It's not our work or education, though, of course, that is also important as well. It's not our friends, though they are really valuable as well. It must be, firstly and foremost, our walk with the Lord. And then the beauty of this, of course, is that, like the long mowing, is that if you, if you focus on what is ahead, if you keep uh, your eyes focused on, on Jesus, your walk with him, then everything else falls into place around us as well. As Christians, our relationship with the Lord should be our top priority. We should be valuing that above everything else in our lives. Every decision in our lives needs to be viewed through the lens of the kingdom of God. There's something interesting about this passage in Luke that I had not noticed before preparing for this. In that we don't know how these three people responded to Jesus' statements. In other passages in scripture we know how people responded. We know that when Jesus said to the first disciples, follow me, we know that they left their nest and followed him. And then when he spoke to the rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18, he said, "Sell everything you have and give to the poor and then come follow me. We know that this man did it. But this passage in Luke is that is open-ended. We don't know how these people responded. We don't know if the first man realized that discipleship is hard and, and followed Jesus despite that. We don't know if the second man understood the discipleship "Start now and immediately left his family and took that plunge to follow Jesus. We don't know if the third man recognized that discipleship comes first and placed Jesus as the Lord and King of his life. How are you going to respond to the call of Jesus from this passage? I know for me personally, for us personally, this is one of the passages that God used in drawing us to ministry with PCM. When we were praying about whether or not we should take part in that ministry, this was one of the passages that came up in my uh, Bible reading. Mm-hmm. I don't know the circumstances of everyone here in this room. Perhaps you're, you're someone who's struggling in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you're feeling disillusioned with the difficulties you're facing as a result of your faith. I think those difficulties are going to get more and more as we uh, as we go along. Yes, discipleship is hard, but please, please do remember the one who was walking with you on that journey. Perhaps you're not a follower of Jesus, perhaps you've been waiting for the right time to make that decision. There's an old proverb that says, The best time to plant a tree is twenty years ago. The second best time is now. And the same principle applies to our walk with the Lord as well. The best time to start your journey with Jesus was when you first encountered Him. But the second best time is right now. Or perhaps you've made a a commitment to follow Jesus, but there are other things in your life that take first place. It could be harmful things like an addiction to social media or to gaming or something like that. Or it could be things that are are basically good that take first place in your life, like your friends or or your family or a relationship or work. But the problem is when good takes the place of God. These are intrinsically good things, but first and foremost must be God and your walk and your relationship with Him. For our human life to work in the way that it was designed, the Lord Jesus needs to be the Lord of our life. Following God must come first. I want to close with the words of uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. You can turn it from there if you like. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for what it reminds us. Thank you, Lord, that you have placed a call on our lives. Help us to answer that call. Help us to become passionate followers of you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are there with us on the journey that when it is hard, that you are right there with us. Lord, I pray that you would prompt us by your Spirit to start that discipleship journey now and to give it first priority in our lives, our relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, as well, that you are gracious and you help us when we fail, and that you are a forgiving God who lifts us up and brings us forward in that journey. Lord, we praise you. We bless your name. In your name we pray.